Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozich. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know. That just happened. That just happened. Thursday morning, don't touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, it has been a fantastic week in Hardish Racing, but boy, do we have a show for you. It's the first ever Hanover Shoe Farms Town Hall with USTA President Russell Williams. This is a very, very important show, Mike Carter. This And, and listen, we were talking a little bit about off the air, uh, about how, we, how we've kind of gone into – autopilot in in a lot of ways because we've been doing the show now for so long gosh it's been what about a year and a half now and uh you know we schedule guests but very very frequently and, and this all started mike back in the debate back during the debate a couple of months ago where we interviewed five candidates where there was a very professional exchange of ideas and i after that debate was over mike i really believed in my heart of hearts that racing has turned a corner in the sense that there are important people in important places in this industry that are willing to tackle the tough issues that are dealing with this sport going forward. And when we set up this town hall, I was so encouraged. And actually, we taped this yesterday. So do not touch that dial. We're going to air this right about 11 o'clock. It's about a 20-minute segment. And it is the first of a monthly series with USDA President Russell Williams. And I will tell you, you do not want to miss it. We First of all, we want to thank everybody that asked questions, that emailed us. We got quite a few questions at, uh, in our inbox, Mike, at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. And we apologize in advance because, I mean, obviously we couldn't answer ask all the questions because of time constraints, but we certainly appreciate everybody asking. It's very interactive. And Mike, I'm going to tell you, it's a first in the industry. We have a USDA president that is willing to talk about some of the tough issues that face us on these airwaves. And Mike, in my opinion, that to quote our president of the United States is huge. Yeah, definitely. We also want to thank Hanover Shoe Farms uh, for stepping up and sponsoring that segment. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one thing to get on the air and kind of discuss what me and you do. We kind of keep try to keep everything as positive as we can and try to kind of shy away from some of not necessarily the bigger issues, but the controversial issues, Mike. But it's nice sometimes to be able to get these guys on and uh, let's let's talk the uh, tough questions. Let's talk the a uh, couple weeks ago we had. Uh, 
uh, Jamie Martin on, Mike. And remember, we talked about moving all the dates uh, from yep. Woodbine to Mohawk. It's, you know, sometimes we, you know, we got to step up and ask the tough questions, but uh, we're super excited about that. Our first guest coming up here in just a couple of minutes is Merv Huber. He's going to talk about the World Harness Handicapping Championship, Mike, presented by Bet America. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be hosted at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment this Saturday, April 29th. And then. Mike, our man Shannon Sugar Doyle, that just happened. Hopefully, we'll be hearing that. In, uh, we're, listen, we are one month away. We are 29 days away from our first live remote. I cannot wait. Boy, Mike, that's going to be a lot of fun up there, the Molson Pace at Western Fair. And uh, what a great guy Sugar is, a great announcer, a great guy. And he's always a joy to have on this program. And they've got a couple of different things that are happening uh, over the next couple of weeks up at Western Fair. So we'll talk to Sugar about that as well as the Molson Pace uh, coming up uh, towards the end of May. I can't wait. Yeah, it's our first remote and uh, we've got a very extensive remote schedule. It's on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, so make sure you check that out under live remote schedules. Also, Mike, we want to give congratulations, and we thought we would be congratulating one winner of our first-ever uh, George Morton Levy tournament, our bracket buster, which featured 32 guys and, and uh, gals. And by the way, it was a tie. So we want to congratulate both John Vernags and uh, Richard uh, Kalina, both of them tied after their initial picks and their alternates gave them the same point totals. So congratulations to both Rick Kalina and John Vernags on both splitting that prize pool and winning the uh, George Morton Levy bracket buster. Well, first guy on deck, first guest on deck is our guy from Bet America, Merv Huber. As a matter of fact, I have the uh, Bet America contest page up now and, and having these great contests with Keeneland on a daily basis. The contests are unbelievable. It's just a great, great site on betamerica.com. So we're going to talk to Merv Huber about uh, not only uh, WHHC, but, but uh, about some of the other going-ons at Bet America. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. 
New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by Merv Huber from Bet America. Merv, thanks for joining us this morning. Hi, Mike and Mike. It's good to be with you. Now, Merv, before we get into the World Harness Handicapping Championship, uh, real quick, we want to touch on uh, some of the contests that Bet America offers. And listen, we've kind of played around and seen how some of them work. And I'll tell you what, we've been telling people about them every week on the show. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, about them and uh, why you think they're so popular on your site. Oh, sure. We've been running handicapping contests for going on two years now, and we've got handicapping contests on all kinds of tracks on harness racing, thoroughbred racing, and greyhound racing every single day. Um, so the action doesn't start and stop with, with just the World Harness Handicapping Championship, which we're really excited about, uh, but we run contests every single day. The way it works is, is players just put up an entry fee and pick a horse of their choice in each contest race, and they build a mythical bankroll. And at the end of the contest, they split the prize pool. So you kind of know your investment when you're going in there, and then you get to you know the prizes that are coming out. Uh, there's no there's no variables. Uh, it's very easy to understand, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly is. Mike Bozich here. We certainly appreciate you joining us, Merv Huber from uh, Bet America. Merv, let's talk about the big dance coming up in just a couple of short days. It's the world. It's the WHHC, the uh, handicapping contest, the championship, and it's coming up at the Meadowlands. Tell us a little bit about that, my friend. Sure thing. Well, Bet America is really excited to be the presenting sponsor of the World Harness Handicapping Championship this year. So what we've done, $1,000. This is the first time it's actually been guaranteed no matter how many entries show up. And it actually could even be more than $50,000 if more than 100 players enter. So that's going to make it the largest harness handicapping contest in many years. I, I went back several years. I couldn't find one uh, in the last few years that's been any bigger than $50,000. And we're actually sending 25 players to compete in the championship as well. So we started running qualifiers into this uh, championship in February, and they're expecting 100 players. So we're sending a good chunk of them uh, representing Team Bet America. And we're hoping that one of our Bet Bet America players comes away with the win this year, just like last year when Stanley Coper, who I believe you guys have had on the show, 
parlayed his win in a qualifier on Bet America and ended up winning the championship. Yeah, Merv, we've had uh, Stanley on this show. And listen, I got to tell you, some of those qualifiers you guys hosted were not easy by any means. Uh, I sat back and uh, tried to qualify myself a couple of times. And listen, some of those competitors were absolutely fierce. But uh, good luck to everybody who uh, who's going to go with Bet America. No. Uh, for those uh, who are going to the Meadowlands, uh, can they still register, and what do they get with their entry? You can. So it's the World Harness Handicapping Championship is a really fun, good value contest, and there's still time. You can actually show up on the night, on Saturday night, at the Meadowlands and, and pay the $800 entry fee to compete in the championship. And you get a lot for that $800, right? So that 500 of it goes to the prize pool, and 300 goes to a player's live bankroll. So of that 500 that goes to the prize pool, that's a 0% takeout pool. All those, all the $500 that go in there get paid out as prizes. Uh, and the $300 that goes to a player's live money bankroll, which a player competes with uh, to, to increase their standings on the leaderboard, the players get to keep whatever they win from that in addition to any other prizes won. So the value is very good. Plus there's a cocktail party on Friday night for all the players. There's a nice buffet on the night of the contest. You're playing from a nice ballroom, and it's a fun group in that ballroom. I went last year for the first time. It was great. Many of those players have been friends for years, uh, and it's, it's a good chance for players to reconnect with old friends or make new friends that share the passion for harness racing and handicapping. All right, that sounds like a winner. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Before we let you go, uh, why don't you tell us what else is coming up uh, at BetAmerica.com over the next month or so? Well, we run harness handicapping contests every single night. So it, it, after the after the World Harness Handicapping Championship, you can join us next week. We'll have contests from Meadowlands on every Friday and Saturday night. You know, we frequently run Mohawk and Northfield contests, and we're really excited. We just introduced two new harness tracks uh, that will now feature contests on Hoosier Park and the Meadows. So with the Meadows, soon we'll have some afternoon harness contest action uh, which is very exciting for us. So contests are only getting bigger and more exciting on Bet America. That's right. I'm looking at the contest page right now, and we're two hours and 15 minutes away from a $400 daily Greyhound game for a low entry fee of $35. That's from Palm Beach, and those seem to be very popular. Uh, we also have uh, some contests coming up from Keeneland, uh, both handcuff and live play. Now, live play, uh, you can update your picks as the races go along. Handcuff, uh, you can buy more than one entry, uh, but you do have to stay with what you uh, pick, and you have to get all your picks in uh, before the actual races start. Then, of course, you have the $1,000 Mohawk game, uh, the Thursday game coming up tonight. So a great list of contests. Once again, visit BetAmerica.com. And, of course, there's uh, uh, a sign-up bonus uh, uh, as well, right, If you're, for those of you uh, signing up for the first time? Right. Well, we'll actually double your first deposit up double to $400. Double your first deposit, right. Yeah, so it's, right. it's, a great, it's a great time to sign up for BetAmerica, especially right before Derby. Absolutely. Mr. Huber, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and the best of luck this coming weekend at the Meadowlands. All right. Thanks, Mike and Mike. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Merv Huber from Bet America. We certainly appreciate Merv joining us. Once again, a great website, betamerica.com. And Mike, everybody's got a bad beat story. I'm going to tell you mine real quick before we get to Sugar <laughs> Doyle. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was in the Keeneland contest, and and uh, I was up by about uh, $25, uh, $30 going into the uh, last race at Keeneland. It was a series of races, I think six races. And usually if you're up $30 going into the last race, you're, you're in pretty good hands. And uh, so I had a first-time starter. It was going off pretty big odds. 
And the actually finished second paid $21 to place. But the bad news was a 35-to-1 horse won the race. And the only one with a chance to catch me that was sitting in second place had that 35 to 1. So I'm telling you, you get into these contests, Mike, you're going up against some pretty sharp players. Listen, man, I got to tell you, a couple weeks ago, uh, me and you, we actually played in uh, – I played in the early Mohawk contest. So did you. Of course, you wound up with a $0 bankroll, but uh, I wound up winning. And then 20 minutes later, you win the next one. So, uh, listen, that just goes to show you anybody – can win this thing coming up next is uh, Absolutely. Our, our good friend shannon sugar doyle and mike he's got the perfect poker phrase if you ask me time to show him if you got him and uh, we're going to talk to sugar on the backside of this commercial break you've got post time with mike and mike presented by bet america join meadowlands racing and entertainment this saturday april 29th for the world hardest handicapping championship brought to you by bet america there's a $50,000 guaranteed prize pool, and each entry includes live racing program, Bet America WHHC golf shirt, a welcome reception Friday, April 28th, and dinner buffet Saturday, April 29th. For more information, visit PlayBetalands.com or call 201-842-5015. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at embroideryunl.com. That's embroideryunl.com. Embroidery Unlimited. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 Night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the Racing Rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for the first time at 6.30 Sundays. Start time, 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono. A great finish in the base! Stonebridge Terror and won the West! Legends will be born. Third time the charm for Foiled Again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. Foiled again, clear vision, three across to the wire, foiled again, foiled again appears to have done it. History will be made. Deep stretch lead for state treasurer, state treasurer's gonna win it, foiled again, a punish out of her state treasurer. History in the Molson Pace. Or none of the above. Evening of pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson Pace shocker. That just happened. Catch the Molson Pace live on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network. Time to show them if you got them.
We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the voice of Western Fair Raceway, Shannon Sugar Doyle. Sugar, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Mike and Mike. It's uh, great to be with you again. We certainly appreciate it. Listen, we are 29 days away. We were 30 days away yesterday. We're 29 days away from our very first live remote of 2017, and we're coming to see the good folks at Western Fair. And listen, if the Molson pace is anything like it's been the past few years, especially last year, when you said that just happened, listen, it, it made it just that much more fun. Yeah, you know what? It was a spectacular race uh... Uh, last year, some really nice horses in there. Uh, Sunfire Blue Chip uh, looked like he was going to get it done. Mark McDonald has been trying to win this race for years. I believe it was his eighth or ninth time coming in trying to win it. It took a track record and a long shot to beat him, uh, even in a pleasure and a final strides. And uh, yeah, what a race. And, and State Treasurer, I've called him a winner a couple of times in it. Uh, there's been some really nice horses here over the years for this Molson pace. Uh, some of the best uh, half-milers in North America have been here to win this race. Now, Shannon, your race is just before the Battle of Lake Erie. In fact, it's a week before, so it's a lot of fun to kind of watch what happens and what goes on at Western Fair. Uh, talk to us about a little bit about what it's uh, been like for Mark McDonald, though. He's tried to win this race so many times. He's, all, he's kind of like the Dale Earnhardt of the Daytona 500, except the Molson pace. You know what, uh, Mark, he, he's won a lot of big races. Uh, uh, of course, he comes from Prince Edward Island, where I grew up. He got down there to win the Gold Cup and Saucer with a horse by the name of Sandals Dexter. He's been in that race and, and won it. Uh, it's one of those prestigious races. Uh, he's uh, got the little brown jug there years ago. And uh, this is just one of those races that has eluded him. I know Casey Coleman has put him in there with the uh, a few nice horses over the years. And, uh, and like I said, uh, Jimmy Tactor with the uh, Sunfire Blue Chip set him up there last year with him. He's been there with Bandolito. Bandolito, of course, a, a very nice horse from south of the border. Uh, he went up first up for a long ways against Foil to get a few years back and just uh, let up at the end. But uh, you know what? Mark McDonald wants this race. So too does Jimmy Tactor. Uh, Sunfire Blue Chip definitely on our radar big win uh, last weekend at Yonkers and uh, you're talking about the Battle of Lake Erie at the Northfield and thinking uh, the Molson pace it's it's one for uh, the folks at Northfield Park to be eyeing up to see what uh, happens in that we've been watching that Levy series from Yonkers and uh, you know uh, a lot of those horses that uh, have raced at Yonkers over the last few weeks and in that final uh, a lot of those horses have been on our radar like a bit of a legend and uh, uh we're not sure who's coming, but uh, it's sure to be a fantastic race. Now, Sugar, talk to us a little bit about what kind of has built this race up. This has become one of the premier early stakes races uh, for the year. Just about any year uh, is the kind of the first big tussle between the older pacers, uh, you know, during the year. Yeah, right on. Uh, it's it's become a very prestigious uh, race. Uh, the, the Molson Pace. Uh, we go for $150,000 purse, so it's, uh, I believe, the largest purse featured for aged horses on a half-mile track in Canada. Uh, there is a, a big win at uh, Flamborough the week before. It's the Confederation Cup, but it's for four-year-olds. So this is an aged pacing 
free for all event on a half miler in Canada going for 150 grand. I believe the richest on a half mile track for age pacers in Canada. And uh, it's just, you know, folks want to come in, have a good time. Uh, the on track atmosphere in London, it's going to be awesome. We've removed a, a bit of the grandstand that gets uh, the fans now really uh, up close and personal with the horses. There's about 20 feet of tarmac space along the fence. And uh, I know the, the drivers that come in and uh, race in this race, uh, they're up close and personal with the fans. We bring them up for uh, driver introductions and T-shirt tosses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the on-track atmosphere is just incredible. Uh, the Molson pace itself, uh, I, I get goosebumps uh, when they're uh, going in behind the starting gate and uh, you can tell from some of my race calls over the last few years, it's it's in my voice. I'm rattled the whole way through, and these horses certainly get me pumped. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Mike Bozichir, Sugar, and that's what uh, that's what makes announcing fun and great is the opportunity uh, to do those kind of races. And uh, I'll tell you, when we were putting together that commercial. It uh, really summed it up because, I mean, some great, great horses there in the past. And I know you and Mike went over uh, some of the great horses that raced and actually won the Molson Pace. But then you have a year like last year where anything can happen. And I think Mm -hmm. that is, you know, one of the great things about a race like that, especially on a half-mile track, is that, in essence, when you get a good wide-open field of open paces, it's that that uh, the fact that anything can happen, and that's hey, that's great for the gamblers because you know gamblers are always looking for value. Oh, you betcha! I mean, all eyes last season they were on all bets off and state treasure. They they were the ones that were taking all the action on the tote board. Uh, there was a dark horse that came in from Yonkers. We had eyed him up. He looked good uh, coming in. A horse by the name of Mock Two. Uh, he made a move around three eighths completion. He made the move to the outside. And he just, he sputtered. He didn't go anywhere. Trevor Henry was on board of that horse. And uh, he sort of tied up the favorites. Uh, the favorites, all bets off and state treasure. They got behind him and they got mired in the backfield. And, and that left Sunfire Blue Chip, who I believe was around 10 to 1, on the lead. And uh, even in pleasure, he was sticking right with them. And he was at 35 to 1. So those two long shots, it, it came down to those two into the final strides. All bets off. Though mired in traffic, he did fly late at the end. He went for it coming off the turn, but it was just too much for him to make up. Uh, The long shots were left to uh, duke it out at the wire. And again, uh, Mark McDonald, Sunfire Blue Chip, it took a track record and a shocker to beat him. And I'll tell you, Sugar, one of the greatest, it will go down, is one of the greatest stretch calls in the history of the sport. It was that darn good and that darn exciting. And, and I'll tell you, you certainly added to that. It was fantastic. Sugar, what's, uh, what else is going on at Western Fair? I believe I read a couple of days ago where you're going to try some different distance racing. Is that true? Yeah, you betcha. We're going to start that um, this coming Monday at, uh, for the month of May. Of course, our, our high f- high five, uh, super high five, it's a non-jackpot wager. Uh, we do full fields of nine for those races only. Normally, it's eight horse fields for our half-mile track, uh, seven on gate with one late. But for the super high fives, we do seven on gate with two horses late, so nine horse fields. Going to go a mile and a sixteenth for the super high five races only through the month of May. So it's four cards a week, uh, two races per night that are high fives. And it's just something we're going to try uh, for the horsemen, for the horses, 
uh, gives them a little more time maybe to settle in. Uh, of course, uh, mile on the 16th, we're going to be starting near the top of the stretch, so it's a long straightaway for horses maybe to uh, leave on out of there a little better from the outside post or maybe to find a seat towards the pylons as they make that first turn. But uh, horse players, too. Uh, for the high five, again, it's a go-to wager, uh, non-jackpot. I believe the horse players are going to take to this as well. Uh, Mile on the 16th certainly throws a wrench into things. I know Yonkers has done it in the past, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, again, starting on Monday, and uh, I believe on the pregame show Monday uh, at the raceway, we're going to have uh, our newest team member, assistant racing manager, Greg Gangle. He's going to come on our pregame show and talk a little more about that and uh, the reasons we're bringing in this Mile on the 16th affair and uh, We'll get into more detail on that, but we're really looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's an extra 10 or 12 seconds on my end of colleague, too, so uh, to liven up the pipes a little more. All right, Sugar. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And listen, your your Western Fair, or the Molson Pace call from last year, made it to uh, to a couple of award nominations uh, this past year. So we were uh, we were really happy to see that. Congratulations on that. And uh, listen, we'll see you in 29 days, my friend. Hey, thank you so much uh, for, for all you do and uh, for the support. And uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to you again about the Molson Pace. We're uh, very excited about it. Uh, it doesn't take long for that race to come up. We're only 29 days away, and it'll come up on us quick. All right, Sugar. Appreciate you joining us this morning, buddy. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Have a good one. You too. All right. That was Shannon Sugar Doyle. And Mike, I got to tell you, it is he is one of the most exciting race callers in the country by far. And I got to tell you, my favorite line is the poker line. You got a time to show them if you got them because, <laughs> you know, when they come around the far turn, I mean, he's, he's serious when he says it because when they come around the far turn in the Molson pace, they're going to be flying. And uh, you know what? If you don't have it, you don't have it. But uh, so, listen, you can't always have aces like I do. Sometimes you have deuces like you do. I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, doing the production work, doing the production work is a breeze when you got a guy like Sugar, let me tell you, because it's not very hard to get some uh, good hard-hitting clips uh, when Sugar's announced the race. So uh, hats off to Sugar. We can't wait, Mike. Just 29 days until the Molson Pace is going to be our first remote. It's going to kick off our remote schedule, and we are so looking forward to that. What we're also looking forward to, Mike, is this upcoming segment. It is the first ever Hanover Shoe Farms Town Hall. It's going to be a monthly series, and it features the USTA president, Russell Williams. And we appreciate everybody that's waited for him because that segment is next. You're not going to want to go anywhere. I promise you. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. 
Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Hanover Shoe Farms is the world's leading horse breeder and horse racing's all-time money-winning leader each and every year. The 2017 Hanover Yearlings will be sold at Harrisburg, the Ohio Select Sale, and the Goshen Yearling Sale. In addition to all the yearlings by all the proven Hanover Stallions, the Harrisburg consignment will feature the first crop of yearlings by Captain Treacherous. For more information, log on to HanoverPA.com. That's HanoverPA.com. All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. It is the first of a monthly series. It's the Hanover Shoe Farms Monthly Town Hall featuring the United States Trotting Association President Russell Williams. Russell, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, choosing this forum uh, to kind of get your message out. And obviously we talked a little bit about transparency during the debate and a lot of people have a lot of questions, so we certainly appreciate you taking your time out each and every month to uh, address some of those questions, sir. I'm glad to be here. All right, let's get right to it, Russell. Uh, you know, we've been seeing on the media the uh, with CNN and and uh, Fox News the first 100 days of the actual United States presidency, and and well, you've got a first 100 days of your own in the uh, pre- as the president of the United States Trotting Association. Tell us a little bit about those. Uh, first 100 days, if you will, and what you've been up to. Well, sure. Um, I'm uh, I'm about 60% through my first 100 days, and um, it's going to be interesting to see as these webcasts go along. Hopefully I'm going to be moving from uh, speaking in general terms to speaking in more specific terms, but that comes with learning the job. Um, I'm learning all the projects that the Home Office has been working on because Directors, uh, for the most part, see things at the home office maybe two or three times a year, one the main occasion being the annual meeting. Um, but there's a lot going on there that uh, I am going to want to talk about as we go forward. Uh, I can't tell you about everything just yet because uh, Mike Tanner is too good of an executive to uh, want me to talk about things before we've got them ready to roll out. But there is a lot going on. I'll add to that one thing. We, we passed a major piece of legislation after the annual meeting. Uh, it was kind of unusual because it's the first conference call meeting of the full board of directors that I've ever seen in 20 years. And uh, this was a bylaw change to reallocate director seats for track directors. And it was so complicated, and there were so many issues involved that we couldn't quite finish it in Las Vegas. And uh, we uh, put a committee on it after that and got it done. So we'll be ready for the May 1st deadline. Russell, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the election itself. I know there was a, certainly some high drama moments, and I think especially to a lot of people watching at home, maybe watching the live stream, 
uh, via the USDA website that the election itself uh, was a little confusing to some people. Is you know the the candidates uh, they didn't have enough to surpass enough votes to surpass the initial threshold of votes to win. So a second vote was needed, and I think people were a little confused of just how that process played out. From your vantage point, could you take us through what was going on through uh, your eyes and and uh, maybe clarify how that uh, process played out? I'd be glad to. One kind of behind-the-scenes point that um, people don't know is that um, that uh, Jason and Joe and I had shaken hands and agreed before the election that whatever the outcome was, um, those who were not successful would uh, support whoever won. So we had we had a good feeling of solidarity. You know, if you didn't win, it wasn't going to be um, a problem. So we got to the election itself, and you had to get a majority of the directors present. And that number was 28. So on the first ballot, uh, I think I had 22 or 24, something like that. And the next one was something like 17. next one was 8. And uh, uh, so we had to go again because it wasn't a plurality vote. It was a majority vote. And uh, I, I got my 28 on the second ballot. It's uh, it's not that unusual. Uh, every time they replace the Pope, uh, something similar happens over in Rome where they keep balloting until the white smoke comes up. So uh, it, it wasn't too bad. Now, Russell, you said leading up to the election that uh, you were the establishment candidate. And, and to me, that means that you felt you were most knowledgeable uh, of the limitations that the USTA has in regards to issues that need to be solved in our industry. Now you've been on the job for a little bit. From your vantage point now, as President Williams as opposed to Candidate Williams, are there any steps you think the USTA can take to put themselves in more of a, a governing role for our entire industry? And, and if so, what, what do you believe those steps would be? Sure, Mike. Th- that's an important question, and I want to respectfully disagree with one word that you used uh, as the establishment candidate. It wasn't that I was conscious of our limitations. It's that I was conscious of our potential. I knew how it worked and how we could go about doing what we had to do. So uh, I I don't look at us as a limited organization at all. But, um, you know, we have a power at the USTA that sooner or later always wins. I think it's a, it's a greater power than being a regulatory agency or having a ton of money or whatever, you know, economic power. And that's the power of ideas. Um, the power of ideas, a good idea, eventually will prevail. And uh, we, have, we have the best association staff in all of racing, the 40 people at, at, out in Columbus and a couple of other locations are the best there is. We have 60 really excellent directors. A big board is not necessarily bad. We have uh, an enormous amount of talent and good representation. So as a result, I think i got to point out that other organizations, including the state commissions, uh, the racing commissions and commissioners international, uh, the jockey club, other, other organizations watch what we do. And that is a sort of influence that you can't buy, you have to earn. So uh, all the ideas and programs we come up with have to be 
developed and then applied for the benefit of our members. We don't just cook up great ideas and we have to put them to work. Uh, so good marketing data and techniques, for example, have to be carried out by the track members primarily in their local markets because they understand those markets the best. Uh, that's how, that's kind of a, it's almost like the United States uh, dual system of government. We've got things that operate at the national level uh, and originate at the USTA and things that operate at the state level or the, the tracks in their localities and regions. It's really, uh, it's really pretty exciting. Ross? Russell, let's go ahead and get to the fan questions. Uh, like we said, we really appreciate it. We had a great outreach uh, of a lot of different questions from a lot of different fans. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, and uh, these uh, basically everybody emailed their questions to our email box, Mike at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. We had the email box open for three, four days and, and got several questions. If you don't hear your question out there and if you're listening, don't worry. Send us uh, when, uh, the next monthly series. It'll be coming up. Send us a question again. We'll make sure we uh, try to get it on the air. But, uh, Russell, the first one is from uh, Sam Webb, and he wants to know uh, if you have any information or can you shed any light on the potential new racetrack uh, in Pennsylvania. Thanks, uh, and once again, thanks for your question, Sam. Russell, go ahead. Sure. Um, there is. There has been a harness track license floating around unused in Pennsylvania for, I think, since Liberty Bell closed. I think that's where it came from. It's a long time. And uh, we've been working, Pennsylvania Portsmouth have been working with the uh, uh, Harness Racing Commission and the Gaming Commission for 12, almost 13 years now, trying to get the license awarded. I mean, we just want to have the track. Uh, I, I don't want to be understood to endorse any specific applicant, but the, but the uh, applications are being accepted. There is a location uh, in the Emmitsburg area, but it's on the Pennsylvania side of the line. Um, so uh, that's one that I'm most familiar with, and that they, they plan to have a track in a casino. And I just I want to say that uh, nowadays, to get the level in, of investment you have to have for a track, there needs to be a casino, at least in jurisdictions that allow them. So um, uh, people who are kind of wishing we could go back to the old days of just having a racetrack, uh, it's not very practical at the moment. And actually, in the main, casinos are working out very well at tracks. And um, I may have more to say about that later. But that's what's going on here. And I think uh, I think what you have to get approval from both the Racing Commission and the Gaming Commission. So there's two different outfits you got to deal with. But I think they both will act pretty fast when they get a, um, a solid, justifiable application. I'm hoping for good news soon. All right. The next question comes from uh, KD at KD Bells at Yahoo, KD13Bells at Yahoo.com, or AOL.com, excuse me, and he wants to know, he says he's been in the racing business for over 30 years. Uh, my father was a prominent owner, and we are sad to see the sport slip to the state it's in, or more importantly, where it will go if decoupling happens on a large scale. Is there anything the USDA can do to safeguard the sport from a complete and total collapse if this occurs? Best of luck to you. Signed, KD. Russell, you want to have at it? Yes, glad to. 
are decoupling. I don't think that's going to be the problem in the long run. We saw that dramatically in Florida because they didn't have coupling to start with. There was no coupling to decouple. Um, The problem is going to be the state legislatures raiding the racing plot. That's been happening in Pennsylvania. They they come after us because there's a lot of money there, uh, although it's a drop in the bucket in the state budget. And uh, state legislatures are pretty strapped. So we have to fight um, to maintain that. I think that's going to be the battle. Um, now, worst-case scenario, uh, we go back to 1948, 47, where we're a hobby dominated by wealthy people. A lot of the industry is will have shrunk. Uh, many jobs will be lost. And number one, we have to tell the legislatures that. We have to show that we've grown into a major employer and a serious economic force. Uh, all horse people have to get used to the idea of calling their legislator. And, and you call in, you get to talk to an aide. They are, their job is to listen to your phone call they make a record of it, and the legislators pay attention. If you haven't been watching these town halls with some of these characters who hardly ever leave the building and come to talk to their constituents and learn that, yes, people do want health care. And so the old thing about let's eliminate Obamacare, you see them changing their tune. They do respond to their constituents. And uh, we just have to do more of that. Um I think we're seeing better relationships between the gaming companies and the tracks that, that they own. Uh, there were bad things being said at one time about that, but there are some really great examples. Of, I, I mean, I always use Hoosier Park, where the gaming company is actively supporting the activities of the track. And in general, the worst situation is the gaming company has just decided they have to put up with us. At, at most locations, um, we've been able to demonstrate that we're a viable business, people like us, and um, the track management is making headway. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit optimistic about the whole decoupling thing, and I think what we have to really watch out for is uh, having our money taken away, having our racing fund decimated by marauding legislators. All right, our next question comes from Marvin Vinovich, mvinovich72 at Hotmail.com. And his question uh, states, Mr. Williams, what does the USDA plan to do to attack the problem of beard trainers? Everyone knows it goes on, and someone needs to take the lead and make it happen. Enough already with an exclamation point. Uh, What do you say about that, sir? Okay, um, to answer the question, uh, we are going to push for out-of-competition testing because um, unlicensed trainers, I like to call them outlaw trainers, uh, they operate at the farms and the training centers. They don't, you know, they're not in the paddock because they're not on the program. They might be there, but that where they operate is where the horses train. So out of competition testing, which is coming in, uh, helps with that. You show up unannounced, there's your beard trainer, you find out what's going on. Um, uh, Pennsylvania has adopted it. A number of other states, New York is about to adopt it, I believe. I was just at the Racing Commissioner's International Meeting, and uh, they're pushing it, uh, harness and thoroughbred. That's going to make a big difference. The other thing is owners. Uh, you know, 
we never want to pressure the owners because we are afraid that we will lose the owners and it will hurt our business. Well, yes. The thing is, do we really need crooked owners? Do we need owners who are just unwilling to exercise any integrity? Because if there's a beer trainer, the owner knows it. It's not like, oh, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that guy that was uh, sitting behind my horse when I went to see him train was a beer trainer. So uh, owners have to step up a little bit on this. Let's recognize the fact that it's one of the most serious things we face because it undermines the authorities of the commissions. Commissions regulate by licensing everybody. If you mess up, they fine you, they suspend you, they take your license away. You can't do that very easily to a beer trainer. But the out-of-competition testing process, if you look at how those rules work, will enable the commissions to get at the beer trainers and the people who work with them. So um, USTA is going to push hard for that. We're going to develop a model rule of our own on that subject, and uh, I think it will be effective. All right, let's move along to the next question. Uh, This is from uh, LB, and uh, his uh, subject is the Vernon situation. And his question, he's wondering what Mr. Williams can do, if anything, about uh, Jeff Garrell delaying Vernon's opening day. Russell? Well, to answer that question with total honesty, I probably cannot do anything. Uh, We're not in the business of telling the tracks what to do. We work with them. However, uh, we're going to make some phone calls and and, uh, offer our help. All right, let's move right along. The next one is from uh, N.J. Horseman, and his question is, uh, once again, uh, concerning illegal drugs. He says, now it seems nearly everyone that gets busted for drugs blames it on environmental contamination. At what point as an industry do we say enough is enough and get these people out of the game? Russell? At what point? I'd say about 1959, but... uh i got to go back to out-of-competition testing again. When uh, you, What you're going to have is uh, licensees will consent to having unannounced visits from um, investigators at their facilities. And um, it's not going to be possible when you have that kind of supervision uh, to very easily make a case for uh, environmental contamination. So I think uh, OCT is going to help with that, too. All right, and our last question, uh, Russell's from Carl Simone, and uh, he wants to know, what will the USTA do to make harness racing more attractive to gamblers? Also, he wants to know what marketing uh, ideas that you have. So, Russell, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Well, can we call them horse players? Because if we call them horse players, that includes gamblers, serious gamblers, and it also includes folks who go to the track once in a while and bet on the warm-up color or whatever. Uh, we, lo- we love all of them. That is our most precious resource in racing because we will always have them if we don't run them off. You know, there might be decoupling, the legislatures might uh, take our money away and so forth, but we're always going to have the horse players. So, I think we're seeing a change in a segment of uh, the gaming customer market where more people are going back to knowledge-based games. You, you got knowledge and decision-making on one end of the, of the line. You got 
uh, action on the other end of the line. People who just like action, they're going to be pumping credits into the VLTs. But uh, there are a lot of people who like to use their wits to make better decisions than other people and profit from it. So, you know, that's what we're all about, and I think we have to uh, maximize that. Um, and uh, integrity, you know, the word that we keep saying, we don't deserve uh, to have horse players come to us if we don't offer uh, an experience that has the same level of integrity or more than the random BLTs at the casinos. We have to we have to exceed that if possible. So um, that much is essential. Now, marketing. Uh, I'll say this: we spent a lot of money uh, developing the harness racing fan zone and our socials um, at the USTA, and there is a ton of things we can do with that. Uh, we just have to get to it. Uh, we might have to go out and seek a little funding somehow because we have a very tight budget. But um, believe me, our experience with uh, conversion and the uh, the sort of uh, fan zone marketing effort that we started over two years ago has left us with a much more sophisticated view. Um, so I'll just say you're going to see some good stuff coming out. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, listen, we appreciate everybody's questions out there. And like I say, we apologize if we didn't get to you, but there's always going to be next month. This is an ongoing monthly series. Russell, before we let you go, uh, let's look ahead. Maybe some of the things that are in the works or on the horizon uh, at the USDA. Well, I, you know, my motto is going to be imagine boldly and execute cautiously because anything we roll out really needs to work. But the great thing is, we're small. I mean, we don't have to sort of mobilize some huge unwieldy organization. We're small and nimble, and we can do it. Um, I'm going to go back to what I said. I'm not going to make any specific promises today, but uh, next time we talk, a month from now, uh, I'll have more to tell you. Fantastic. Russell, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you next month, sir. Thanks, Mike. Hanover Shoe Farms is the world's leading horse breeder and horse racing's all-time money-winning leader each and every year. The 2017 Hanover Yearlings will be sold at Harrisburg, the Ohio Select Sale, and the Goshen Yearlings Sale. In addition to all the yearlings by all the proven Hanover Stallions, the Harrisburg consignment will feature the first crop of yearlings by Captain Treacherous. For more information, log on to HanoverPA.com. That's HanoverPA.com. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. The action is always hot at Harness Racing's Windsor Capital Pompano Park. With guaranteed pools, constant carryovers, and industry load takeouts, 
Pompano Punk has become one of Harness Racing's greatest horse player attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday too, for the post time of 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Harness Racing's winter capital, Pompano Park. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And before we bring Gabe Pruitt on, we've got some breaking news to report, being reported by HarnessRacing.com, that our man Gabe Pruitt and uh, our man Dave Brower are going to be joining the Meadowlands uh, racetrack team, Mike Bozich. That is awesome news. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get on the phone right now to Bet America and see if they have a pros versus Joes for the Meadowlands. So when Gabe Pruitt gets on board, we can get the $5 rolling again. I'll tell you what, I missed that 5 bucks a week, Gabe. But in all seriousness, congratulations. Uh, I'll tell you what, Meadowlands is, is adding two fantastic additions with Gabe Pruitt and Dave Brower and Mike Carter. They don't get any better than them two gentlemen right there. Not at all. Well, Gabe, guys. Congratulations. Appreciate the uh, kind words. Should be a uh, should be a fun summer. All the great racing action, of course, at the uh, Meadowlands will be uh, be great just to uh, to have a seat at the table and, and get to take in all the action. All right, yeah, Gabe. No, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I didn't read your message. Well, that's okay. Well, I just wanted to. Uh, well, of course, uh, Gabe, congratulations. And uh, I know you, we've got some Pompano Park to discuss, but we just got done, and I'm I'm glad, Gabe, that that we got you here because you could be a part of this discussion too. We just got done with the first ever uh, town hall from uh, featuring uh, the USDA uh, president, Russell Williams, the Hanover shoe farms town hall series. It will be a monthly series. And uh, I've jotted down some notes, some good takeaways, some very good questions. I think uh, Mr. Williams did a great job of addressing some of the big issues uh, that uh, the sport uh, is has and is facing going forward. But, Mike, he gave us some pretty good quotes as well. I know you've been quoting on the tweet deck. And uh, what were some of your takeaways, some of his uh, uh, quotes uh, from that segment? You know, uh, just, uh, you know, about, you know, he talked a little bit about decoupling and out-of-competition testing. And, Gabe, one thing that, uh, you know, we, we've all had kind of a uh, – kind of a problem with so to speak is when we see uh you know trainers maybe they're paper trainers maybe they're not and the one thing he he talked about was out of competition testing and uh you know where where we can go with that in the sport do you think that that uh that could help us out a little bit oh i think there's no question it's uh, it's a way to go in the uh in the future is unfortunately uh you know we need to become as advanced as uh as the guys that are that are on the uh, pushing the envelope, you know, and, and without a competition testing, you know, as long as you have a solid testing uh, setup, that uh, yeah, that's 100 percent the way to go. You got to uh, test these horses at uh, at random times and not just um, you know using the old standard. So I think it's absolutely the way to go. As far as paper traders go, we're very fortunate here in South Florida because um, any time that I had the slightest inclination of anything um, that could potentially be an issue. Uh, or potentially cause us any trouble, you know, I demand uh, whomever uh, that may be to stay on the ground so we can actually uh, watch the operation and uh, take a look at it. We stable about 80% of our horses on the grounds here, about 20% ship in from the uh, Florida training centers, but uh, we approve uh, on a case-by-case basis who is allowed to race here, who is not allowed to race here. And, again, if we do approve someone to race, a lot of times we add the uh, stipulation that uh, all horses must be uh, stabled on the grounds uh, for the entire way through. 
Guys, one of the one of the most interesting things I think that Russell mentioned, obviously along with the out of competition testing to combat this problem, is pressuring the owners. And that's a pretty interesting take. And he brought up a good reason why I think more pressure hasn't been put on the owners. And the simple reason is is because the sport needs owners uh so much. But he talked about pressuring owners, and I wanted to get your guys' take on that. Gabe, what, what do you feel about that? Because that's one I could see both ends of the coin. You know, I could as well. It's, um, you know, and on one side of the coin, uh, you've got probably um, guys that have, have certain reputations, and, and a lot of us wouldn't be shocked when, when something comes down. On, on the other side of the coin, you know, you could have a situation where an owner literally has no idea uh, of what could be happening. So it is tough. I mean, I, I don't know. I would leave that. I would defer to people that uh, are more, um, <laughs> that are better than me on that subject, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that's a real tough one. But a couple of more quick quotes, Mike, and then we'll get to the Pompano Park segment. Um, a very good quote right at the beginning where he corrected me. Russell corrected me, and I thought it was a fantastic He's not conscious of the USTA's limitations, but he's conscious of the potential. And I think that is, a, that is great to hear. That shows a cautious optimism on the part of, of our leader, Mike. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, uh, you know, he made a lot of good comments about that type of stuff. But the last comment that he made uh, real quick before we get to the uh, Papado Park segment is he wants to imagine boldly and execute cautiously. And I think that is a uh, fantastic motto. That's right. And he also realizes in like this that the horse player is our most precious resource. That's good to hear as well, Gabe. Well, that's very good to hear. We've needed to move in that direction for quite some time now, and um, that's encouraging. All right, Gabe. Well, listen, uh, we're going to jump into Pompano Park now that we've got a couple of your opinions. And listen, we've made your head big as it already, you know, as it already was before with the whole metal ants <laughs> thing. But listen, you know, we, we talked last week about, you know, you were going to give this super high five away, and, you know, we were all for it. Then all of a sudden you put a 10-horse field on a Tuesday – you bet 15000 into the super high five, and guess what? Somebody nails it for $110,000. How about that? Well, it was actually very cool to see that uh, someone made a, took a major score like that. I believe it's our second highest uh, payout in the 53-year uh, history of the track. I think we did have one super high five get knocked down last year for, for a little bit more, maybe 160000 or so. But still a nice score, and, uh, you know, we knew we were going to be uh, – all out to try and clear the $100,000 carryover marker uh, by the conclusion of Tuesday night's program. Uh, we were going to make it uh, handily uh, at the end of the day, but uh, that's okay. We, we were perfectly fine with that. We announced, uh, I believe, even last week when we said it, we said we were going to leave the wager at every night. We were going to put a uh, you know what we deemed to be our most competitive field in the uh, nightcap, and, and we were perfectly willing to let people uh, fire away if they were if they were willing to put their money up and uh, gamble to take a shot to take down a home run score, and that's what uh, one of our fans did. And uh, you know, upon investigating the uh, the ticket, as we always do when when uh, the jackpot I five is hit, uh, it was actually hit uh, through a customer at TVG. So uh, we congratulate uh, that and uh, one of our regular players, guys. So really nice to see one of the guys that uh, loves a racing here, Pompano, plays night in, night out. And uh, that's really cool. Yeah, Gabe Pinocchio, 
reared his head. And listen, you guys did good this week. Uh, you you know we we've talked about the last couple of weeks, kind of you know the horse population kind of dwindling a little bit. But this horse this field drew a field of ten. Obviously there was two scratches, uh, one due to an injury, one due to sickness. But this wound up being one of the uh, more competitive races of the season. And I got to tell you what, uh, Hartfelt gave Pinocchio a run for his money. Hartfelt did give Pinocchio a run for his money. Uh, ultimately, uh, he was my top pick, so maybe just a little bit too much weight to carry in the uh, stretch. He came up just a, a neck short, though. Uh, what a, a great race. Pinocchio had to earn it. And that's uh, at the end of the day, that, that's the type of racing that I think the fans love to see. Uh, of course, Pinocchio is a fan favorite, but uh, not easy. As you said, uh, a couple of scratches. So he actually started from post seven, but there was a second-tier starter as well. Uh, you know, he left the gate. He had to thread out in traffic, and uh, I believe actually a nose was the uh, the final margin. His heart felt 19 to one, nearly pulled off that upset for us, but uh, came up just short. Another horse, guys, that uh, really needs to be uh, accounted for. The track was off on Sunday night, uh, and, and it was off um, probably about as much as we see it typically here in South Florida. Uh, at least uh, I believe a second, maybe even two seconds. And uh, we saw Pinocchio, of course, pace in uh, 52 and change. Later that night, just uh, a few races later, in fact, we saw Arsenal uh, go a rock of a mile. He, went, he won by uh, six and a half lengths. He paced 51 and one. He was in uh, for the $17,500 claiming tag for John McDonald, the trader and driver. He was actually claimed from that event uh, as well. So he moved back to uh, Kelly Case, his owner and trader. But uh, this horse, again, same night as the Open, went well over a second faster, wrapped completely up. That open length win, I thought uh, that was one of the more impressive miles uh, that we've seen here in quite some time. Gabe, you guys just have a few more weeks coming up. Uh, you guys end just right there at the end of June, or excuse me, the beginning of June. And uh, what do we have to look forward to? I know we've got the super high five, uh, super high five. Uh, kind of, we're going to kind of let that build up again, or are we going to take the wager out? We're going to let it build up again because, uh, you know, even last year, the uh, last day of the meet, we had a carryover, I believe, just shot 30000 bucks. They bet like 200 and some thousand in the mandatory tonight. So we could still have a, a pretty good party here the last uh, of the meet. Anytime you have a mandatory payout in those wagers, uh, regardless of how, how large or small the carryover is, uh, you know, I think it could be a fun way to close out the season. So we are indeed looking at that again. Uh, we do have a schedule change to announce, guys. Actually, just got approved by the state of Florida. So, as usual, we are breaking news right on uh, Mike and Mike. We get a week out there. We are going Sunday and Tuesday, as scheduled this coming week, uh, just two nights, Sunday and Tuesday. Following that, the final four weeks of the meet, we're actually going to move to a Sunday and Wednesday schedule. And that uh, will continue through the end of May as we close here on Wednesday night, uh, May the 31st. And uh, you can mark your calendars now. That will be when the final mandatory payout uh, will indeed be scheduled for all wagers, not just the high five. All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Listen, man, we have had so much fun with this segment. We're not kissing you goodbye just yet. we got about five weeks to go. But, listen, this is uh, this has been one of the more fun segments. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to plan something fun for uh, closing day. That would be great, guys. We appreciate everyone's support. You know, it's been a great winter uh, here in Florida. We've had uh, a ton of support uh, and momentum on the wagering front. You know, a lot of uh, people following us night in, night out. We so much appreciate that and look forward to uh, continuing here for, for another month. All right, Gabe. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations again, my friend. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, the Director of Racing Operations and Track Announcer at Pompano Park. And now, Mike... A TV personnel 
at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, to join those folks on Hamiltonian Day. You're going to be there on Meadowlands Pace Night. Uh, we, we've got a lot of big things coming up uh, schedule-wise. And, Mike, it all concludes with the 2017 Breeders' Crown from Hoosier Park. And uh, you know what? We've got a fantastic live remote schedule coming. Yeah, we certainly do. Once again, log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, for more information. And I'm sure there'll probably be some dates added to that, but it all starts in 29 days with the Molson Pace at Western Fair. And I cannot wait. That is always a fantastic race. We had Sugar Doyle uh, on the program a little bit earlier. But uh, congratulations again to uh, Gabe Pruitt and Dave Brower joining the Meadowlands team. And, uh, hey, Gabe is one of our guys. So we have Gabe on the show each and every week here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. So uh, it'll be interesting to see as we follow uh, up with Gabe as uh, he makes his trek up north to our part. Mike, you know, I'll tell you what, he's going to be up here. He's only going to be an hour and a half from me. i got a feeling I'm going to be buying some dinners coming up. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Up. Yeah, we're going to have to get that $5 Bet America promotion back in gear pretty quick. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment this Saturday, April 29th, for the World Harness Handicapping Championship brought to you by Bet America. There's a $50,000 guaranteed prize pool, and each entry includes live racing program, Bet America WHHC golf shirt, a welcome reception Friday, April 28th, and dinner buffet Saturday, April 29th. For more information, visit PlayMetalands.com or call 201-842-5015. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million and our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the racing rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for the first time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time, 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun, Pocono. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. 
You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, ronaces.com. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us. It was the first ever Hanover Shoe Farms Town Hall Series with Russell Williams. We want to thank Russell. Uh, once again, we'll have that each and every month right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Dot com. We appreciate more of you for joining us. We appreciate Shannon Doyle and, of course, Gabe Pruitt. Congratulations to T and Dave Brown for joining the Meadowlands team. On behalf of all of us, see you next week on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Pet America. Good night, Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay here I know